Hello and welcome to Bites of Health, where we hope to take a bite out of your parent worries each day with sound advice and guidance. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist, and today I'm joined by our amazing pediatrician bestie, Dr. Anthony Porto. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Jess. Good morning. So today we are going to talk about celiac disease. The clock is ticking, so let's get to it. Anthony, what is celiac disease? So celiac disease is one of the gluten-related disorders. It's an immune-mediated disorder that occurs in about 1% of the population. So what happens is gluten exposure will trigger an inflammatory response in the lining of the intestines, and this inflammation can damage the small intestines, leading to various symptoms and health concerns. So can you explain who is at risk for celiac disease? So what we do know is that you need to carry one or two celiac genes. HLA-DQ2 and HLA-DQ8 are the two genes that make you susceptible to developing celiac. Now, however, carrying the gene doesn't guarantee that you'll develop celiac disease. About 35 to 40% of the population carries one or both of these genes, but only a small percentage will actually end up developing celiac. You have high-risk groups, so children with type 1 diabetes, Down syndrome, Turner syndrome, those with IgA deficiency, which is an immune deficiency, and those with a family history of celiac disease are at higher risk. In these groups, the incidence actually increases from 1% to about 5 to 10%. Hmm, interesting. So are there ways to prevent celiac disease? No. Unfortunately, we don't know for those groups that have that gene, what turns that gene on? We think that viruses can turn on and just being exposed to different things in diet, but there's not one thing to do to prevent it. There've been a lot of studies looking at women who are pregnant as well as how to feed infants during that first year of life, whether breastfeeding and through solids, and delaying introduction of wheat or how much they get exposure to gluten does not actually help prevent the development of the disease. So there, again, are a lot of genetic and environmental factors that contribute, but we need more data and more research to really understand what makes those genes turn on. What are some of the common symptoms of celiac disease? And this is a challenging one because symptoms of celiac can really be variable. When we think historically about celiac disease, we think about the common GI symptoms that occur in young children. And this includes abdominal pain, abdominal bloating, slow weight gain, nausea, and lactose intolerance. Older children are more likely to present with non-GI symptoms. This is those who are growing in height, so those with short stature, those who may have elevated or inflammation in their liver, those with iron deficiency that's not responsive to iron supplementation. And then some kids just may be asymptomatic. So these are kids who are diagnosed because maybe their family has a history of it and they have no other symptoms. So Again, the symptoms can be very variable depending on the child and depending on the risk. All right. So speaking of testing, how do we diagnose celiac disease? What are the diagnostic tests used? So over the last 15 to 20 years, we have an increase in the availability of testing. The major test that we check is the tissue transglutaminase IgA. When this marker is elevated, it's suggested that you may have inflammation in your intestines from celiac disease. We can also check for the genetic markers, but this is only done in very special cases. Once we have a positive blood work or an elevation in that antibody, then referral to a gastroenterologist is important because this will help us figure out how we should diagnose the child, typically with an upper endoscopy or biopsy. So let's say that the blood tests come back positive. What's the next step? 
So I think the first step is when you see these elevations, continue to have gluten in the diet because that's the only way we'll be able to fully evaluate. When you see a gastroenterologist, they may want additional testing, whether it's blood test or whether to pursue an endoscopy. During the endoscopy, a camera is placed into your child's mouth, goes into the small intestines, and that's when we can take a closer look at the small intestines to see if the villi, which are how food is absorbed in the small intestines, are affected. So what is the treatment for celiac disease if you are diagnosed? So right now, the only treatment is strict adherence to a gluten-free diet. And what that means is it's really not only eliminating gluten from the diet, but really eliminating cross-contamination. So what we recommend for families is that if you have a child in the family with celiac, is the whole household should become gluten-free as much as possible because it can be very easy to get cross-contamination. When we think about it, if you broke a piece of bread into 200 pieces and you eat one of those pieces, that's enough to cause an immune response. So we have to be very careful with cross-contamination. We also want to make sure that parents talk to their child's daycare or school so they're, they're educated on what to do to prevent this cross-contamination. All right. Well, I learned a lot. We hope you learned a lot and we have lots more to share. You can get your bite of health every day, Monday through Friday. If you like what you've heard here, let us know. Leave us a review on Apple and be sure to tell your friends. Remember, there is no single or best way to parent. Parenting is a journey and we are all just doing our very best. We wish you happy, healthy and stress-free parenting. 